Fit for Life Radio, episode number 124. <clears throat> Gary and Will, we're here. We're live. Well, and not live, but... And it's just us two. Just the two of us. Today, we're going to be talking about the exercises we think everyone should be doing. Yeah. And by everyone, we mean, well... A lot of people, but Most generally, people. Like, your average person that is not competing in a specific sport. Mm-hmm. That's it. Gen pop. Gen pop. You're looking for, you know, strength, being physically capable in your everyday life, losing fat, gaining muscle, and yeah, just training, training in general. Training to be capable of, I don't know, whatever activities you would like to be able to do. So, and it's interesting because you know we have the gym which is group training and a lot of the exercises we do weren't normally done in that kind of boot camp or group training type arena you know yeah and then there's a lot of exercises that people see and want to do that probably they have no business doing or uh, especially then when you factor in people's lifestyle goals time commitments and you know that makes sense that's with anything right you could be watching a cooking show and you see this fancy meal and that's what you want to cook right but you can't even make toast yeah and you realize there's like nine techniques you got to learn to be Mm -hmm. able to do this and special equipment and yeah and it's just do you want to invest the time if you do great but most people aren't going to have that kind of time to get to that level which is fine and then in the fitness industry, the main thing is one of the biggest kind of lands l- lines in the sand that we see is, you know, you had the big barbell lifts. And at one point... The big three, man. Yeah, that's what everyone had access to was a barbell and weight. So those exercises became like, oh, you have to do They're these. the staples. But there is, you know, issues with using a barbell and that it fixes your grip in, you mm-hmm. know, your path. So if you kind of don't fit... Your structure doesn't lend itself. Or your mobility level, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age. Then it's putting you in a lot of compromising positions. Whereas, so we'll talk about, well, we'll dive into the exercises. Our, f- our favorites for most people. So and we're talking about resistance training because you need equipment to do it. Or if you don't need equipment, you can use your body weight. And we've talked about this in past podcasts. The reality with that is that's actually can be very advanced, you know, yeah. to be able to do push-ups and dips and chin-ups and levers and all these body weight exercises, you need a very, you need to be able to master your body weight, which for most people, that's, that's going to be super hard. Yeah. Um, and think about this, like there's no progression. You need, you need one, like you need a, we'll say an optimal body composition. Like you do need a decently low body fat percentage overall because you're using your body Mm -hmm. weight, right? So just if you take an example of someone that's a hundred pounds overweight, well, asking them to do a push up, Yeah. Compared to somebody who is, you know, just, I don't know, 15% body fat. Like that's a monumental ask of that person. Yeah. Um, And a very advanced thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you wouldn't throw somebody on a bench press just like, hey, why don't you bench 350 the first time they're doing it? So a, a lot of body weight exercises are like that. And a lot of people that do gravitate towards it are people that are leaner. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of built for it. And, I think and they start when they're young. Like yeah. Gymnasts. Yeah. And so like you've been doing it since you were 10 and you've all, you know, go to the park, do your mm-hmm. pull-ups, your push-ups, all of that, which is great for and the you. Ball, you've, and you've done it over so much time. You've built the prerequisite 
tendon ligament yeah. joint uh, strength versus jumping right in. So yeah, so you want to do some resistance training. You need to do your full body. You want to work all you know your major movements and muscle groups. So you need kind of like a pushing exercise to work your chest, shoulder, tricep, pressing type, anterior muscles, and then uh, pulling. So posterior, backside, upper body, row, and then lower body, kind of like a hinge and a knee bend yeah. type exercise. So hinge being something where you push your hips backwards, like a like a deadlift or a kettlebell swing or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then a knee bend being more of a squat type exercise. So the f- when you take those categories in to consideration, tools that are available in general to everyone you we can't what we've come up with is for the pressing we like a dumbbell press Mm -hmm. for the pulling we like a one arm dumbbell row for the hinge we like a trap bar deadlift or even a kettlebell deadlift Mm -hmm. and then for the knee bend we like a like split squat variation of a split squat so yeah you do those four things it kind of covers everything you get ba- uh, that's at its base level if you did that you would probably be fine mm-hmm. just those four um there's other stuff most people probably want to work on but that is a perfect foundation and a lot of, like those exercises the risk associated with them and how accessible they are to people like yeah. they're very accessible um versus some of the more traditional barbell movements and then another key element is they're also very progressible mm-hmm. so that's a negative to you say yeah what about push-up well push-up it's going to be advanced for most people. It's also not going to be very progressible. Um, it's hard to quantify like the weight on a push-up, right? Like we can change like you know the angle of our body, and you can just do more reps, but you can't do more reps forever. Exactly. And then the the reality is, it's way easier to just move up in weight on a dumbbell press. You know, you can mm-hmm. move up two and a half or five pounds over time, um, and that's way easier to track. Yeah. So the reason we like these, we'll break it down. So the dumbbell press, say versus a barbell press or anything like that, is the dumbbell, you have kind of freedom of motion at your elbows Mm -hmm. and wrists. You know, you're not fixed in. So think about, and I wish visually we could show this, and I'm a good example because I have longer limbs. Mm -hmm. When I do a barbell bench press, where I'm holding the barbell, if I was to go down to to touch the chest with the bar, my elbows... And shoulders get way far back. Yeah, like they're way very, back. very. It's past his like safe range of motion. Whereas someone, if they just happen to have short upper arm limb, yeah, and they're typically stocky or shorter, and you, you, they'll bench press, and it goes right to like a perfect angle with the bar touching their chest, mm-hmm. and that's where the the sport of it gets very iffy because yeah, and you'll notice certain body types end up lending themselves to certain sports. Yeah, so excel, man. if someone with really short limbs, yeah, they're gonna be a lot of stuff in their favor with powerlifting because they don't have to go as far um, and get into riskier positions. Yeah. So with a dumbbell, you know, you can, you, there's no bar to be like, this has to touch my chest. Uh, so you're able to like get your proper range of motion, your elbows, wrists kind of have freedom. So you're not like fixed on a fixed grip. Uh, and yeah, ultimately it's going to be better for your shoulder and elbow health. Yeah. Cause if you're, if you're getting fixed into a position with the barbell, that's um, that just doesn't fit you and you're in a kind of a compromising position. Well, now you have a heavy bar and you're in a compromised position and you're going into, um, you know, an end range of motion. Like that's, 
real risky to do. Um, and then too, like, dude, dumbbells are safer to bail with as well. Mm-hmm. Like you can do them by yourself. You just, you know, if you can't do a rep, you let them go to the side and you're good. You lift them by yourself with the barbell. We, I think everyone's seen the videos yeah. where people, you got to do the roll, the roll of shame, um, where you have to roll the barbell, like down your stomach, down your legs and hope that you can get it off of you. Mm-hmm. Um, or even, you know, everyone's seen videos of like where someone drops a bar on their neck. Like it's just inherently safer with dumbbells as well for for most people and you know untrained people yeah to do and then it also helps promote muscle symmetry mm-hmm. you know because you can't you got individual hands yeah each arm has to do the same job so dumbbell dumbbell bench, bench press then for the pull single arm row so you could do with the dumbbell or kettlebell milk jug <laughs> um, milk but jug. again the benefit dumbbell type row one, it's going to be super progressible. Mm-hmm. Two is, like we said, it's going to target the pulling, so your back muscles, biceps, and your core. Since it's one arm at a time, you kind of have an uh, element of anti-rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're having to stabilize. Mm-hmm. So, And then it just carries over so well into bending and lifting and carrying things in real life mm-hmm. and and just like the dumbbell bench you have that freedom of motion at the the shoulder the elbow and the wrist mm-hmm. so you can pull in what is an optimal um plane or direction for you whereas if we compare it to the classic like bent over barbell row which for one most people have a hard time holding that position anyways you know, you're hinged back and you're holding a barbell in front of you but you're fixed, just like the the bench press. Mm-hmm. So it might not be a very good arm path for you based on your shoulder mobility or limb length or whatever. And the dumbbell or kettlebell allow the freedom to kind of take that arm wherever it needs to go. Yeah. And most people just don't do any pulling. No. You know? So, but yeah, barbell bent over row. It again is a better option. And then you have like you know chin ups, but most if you can't do chin ups. Um, which is a pretty advanced You're move. You're super limited. Uh, and then the one-arm row, you can do it standing, you know, kind of kneeling. Hand on a bench. Hand on a bench. Uh, all you really need is that some dumbbells mm-hmm. or, what you know, weight to then progress with. And that's going to knock out your... It's the back. You're pulling. And then you have your hinge. So we like a trap bar deadlift or kettlebell deadlift. One of the main reasons being with both of those, the weight is centered kind of to your body whereas with the barbell it, you, it's out in front of you a little bit which has its pros too you know a little more emphasis on the posterior chain um but it, that comes with there's the, also the risks the risks right and the reality is now there's been enough studies and tests and anecdotal situations and evidence you know gym for a gym pop person and for a high level athlete trap bar deadlift wins it's it's the winner because of that centered weight um even like plyometrics they've even compared it to like snatches and power lifts and the trap bar deadlift gener- helps you generate force. improve your power and force the same as those but without the risk of the catch portion so yeah it's it's like the same movement as like if you were to jump it's very very similar to that explosive movement so it's just a lot more natural and same thing it kind of helps um, people develop their their speed when sprinting too. You know, it is a two leg movement, but mm-hmm. just that path you take, it just is more. 
I hate to use the word functional, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but it does carry over pretty well to um, movements we do often. Yeah. And for us and most of our clients, yeah, the main goal is to have the capability and confidence of picking something up off the ground. Yeah. You know, that's really, really what you're training, which is a hinge movement. And yeah, you want to limit the risk as much as possible and just be able to, that's what you're after right now. If you do a sport that requires you to pick a straight bar off of the floor, like powerlifting, then you got to pick up a straight bar. Yeah. Or CrossFit or, or well, really those would be it. Yeah. Olympic lifting, powerlifting, CrossFit, Olympic lifting. If you don't compete in those things, you, you typically want to choose a trap bar or, uh, or even we'll start people on a kettlebell. So mm-hmm. the weight again is very centered yeah, it's it's like a little, right between the feet. It's a little higher because of the handle on top of the bell and people are just very much, co- they're more confident with it. And again, the weight's way centered. So it feels better. Um, to me personally, like, yeah, nothing feels better than deadlifting a kettlebell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, just, you feel real strong and confident. So yeah, those are going to be good options for your hinge yeah. and lower body type. And then movement. too, with those, they're, they're more accessible in that, like they're easier to set up for most people. Whereas like a trap bar has handles on the side. So you're just reaching down by your mm-hmm. sides versus having to reach in front of you for a straight bar deadlift. And what we found, most people have a way easier time getting started with the movement. Whereas if somebody's not, you know, fit to do a straight bar mm-hmm. deadlift and you just keep like working and working and working on their what, mobility and their positioning, it might be a few months before they can even do a straight bar deadlift, yeah. you know? So you've wasted all of that time where they could have been picking up a trap bar and rocking and rolling and getting stronger and getting a little bit more mobile in the process um, instead of having yeah. to learn uh, a straight bar. Yeah, again, the benefits of you know putting less stress on your lumbar spine versus a barbell deadlift. You know, if you are someone who has had a history of back issues, that's going to be important. And then, yeah, like Will just described, there's just less technical proficiency required mm-hmm. to do a trap bar deadlift. They're, they're easier to learn, which, you know, is important yeah because when people with limited time you may not ha- you know be able to work have time it could take two or three hours a week of technique work to figure certain things out and that's really your entire training time yeah I guess that's what most people train in a week so imagine you have to do that for i don't know a month or so before you can even actually mm-hmm. get a full training session yeah. in with other stuff like it's just the reality is most people would get frustrated yeah the think, training economy is yeah. not there like it's not a good use of people's time um so finding things that are more accessible and a good use of somebody's time so that they can actually just get in the work uh, that they need Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, if you're learning a freaking barbell snatch and you've never done anything before, well, it's going to be six months before you can do any weight probably. Yeah. And how is that a good use of this person's time that I'm training? Mm -hmm. So that's something to consider too, is that, you know, is this even worth it? Do they even care about the move? And if they don't do something that they can do well. Yep. And the reality is most sports, even strength sports, with all the technical proficiency required, most people start those when they're kids, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, most people start young. Like, and that's when we, we're really, we learn way easier. There's less fear, uh, you know? So you look at, you know, Olympic lifting and gymnastics. Yeah, yep. like... Especially now, man. People, people start, start real young these yeah. days. So keep that in mind. Then knee bends. Squat. We, we actually could like, give two for a knee bend. Yeah, we like a like a split squat. Mm-hmm. You could even 
you know, go goblet squat, but there's some cool benefits to, you know, doing some single leg work. And again, in reality, you can do both, but th- yeah. we just want to have all these four. Uh, but yes, yeah, what squat and depending on your stance, you know, it can kind of bias certain regions, but in general, yeah, qu- you're hitting everything, quads, hamstrings, glutes, calves. And since it's single leg, there's going to be, you know, a balance core, which is very important portion. for people. Also, when you think about it from a functional standpoint, we are typically always on one leg, mm-hmm. you know, when you're walking, when you're walking, or walking or running. running. So most of the time, again, unless you're doing a sport like powerlifting where you have to squat, that's bi- bilateral by nature, we really don't do a ton of bilateral, you know, two leg in that same no, we're always moving for yeah. the most part. And then with the trap, say you're, you know, doing these things we talked about, well, you're also getting some bilateral lower body work from the deadlift. Yeah. So we like to pair it with the split squat, and then you can kind of bring your foot a little closer and have more knee bend, and that's going to help bias the quads some mm-hmm. more. But yeah, and then the other cool thing is it's very progressible in two ways, you know, from obviously you can add weight but also in your progression with if you were using no weight. So you could start with, you know, just on the floor with your feet split apart. You could elevate your front foot, which can make it a little easier and also put a little more bias on your quads. Then you can also eventually elevate your back foot. So you have a lot of options with it. Yeah. And then, you know, with working on a single leg, um, you know, if you ask most average people that maybe don't work out, their balance isn't good. You know, and I, we hear it all the time. People are like, oh, my balance sucks um, before we do something like a split squat. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's why we're doing it because most of us don't have the best balance and it's good to work on. And it's even more important as we get older because what happens when we get old? People fall, mm-hmm. you know, and like without resistance training in general, like you don't have the bone density. So being able to work on this, I always think about it like as a an investment for the future. Like I don't want to be the person when I'm 85 that falls. And then like, unfortunately for a lot of people, like that's kind of the downward slope. Um, so, you know, more so than even right now, like it's a Mm -hmm. good thing to have for the future. Um, and then, you know, for a lot of people we train there in their fifties, sixties, like it's very important for them to do. Yeah. Um, so don't think that, Oh, I don't have good balance. I can't do these. The whole reason to do them is, to improve your balance. Yeah. So it's definitely not something to shy away from, uh, but you may need to take it slow. For some people that may involve even like holding on to something, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe your body weight's a little bit too much. Well, like put your hand on the counter at home or wherever you're at and kind of use that to help you a little bit. Um, and then you can progress to no help and then maybe adding some weight and then going from there. Uh, but don't think that because your balance isn't good that these aren't for you. Yeah. And then the reality is, these four exercises, you know, going to cover everything, provide resistance to your body, which is going to help you maintain or build lean tissue. Yep. Not just muscle, but also keep your joints, ligaments, all that bone, bone health, bone mm-hmm. density. And if you pair it with, so the, let's see here, the who, the world health organization, the who that's a band, you know, as far as like, What's a prescription of activity mm-hmm. to kind of get the what effective dose? What you need, you know, of what you need for health and fitness. You know, if you're resistance training twice a week with movements uh, involving all major muscle groups, 
Boom. Yeah, Shall we just describe? Yeah. Check that box. So you do these things, you know, twice a week and then get a, you know, 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic physical activity, which then they break it down into METs and, but essentially that level of activity they're talking about would be equivalent to a brisk walk. So, and what is that? The minimum 150 minutes. So that would be so 20, what's 20 minutes, seven days a week, 140. Boom. So, so if you walk 20 minutes every day. Yep. And did you're hitting that these exercises twice a week. You're good. You're golden. Yeah. For and like and, and 90, we know that 95% of goals you can, you can get like a, a workout like that done and really like 40 minutes, mm-hmm. maybe even 30 really. Yeah. Um, so let's call it an hour and 20 minutes total of like resistance training time. And then you have your 150 minutes of walking spread across an entire week. It's not a lot of time yeah. percentage wise. So I mean, we could even factor in the walking you can do from your house. Mm-hmm. Then we'll even say, say you're doing two 45 minute workouts mm-hmm. and you have 15 minutes of drive time both ways. Okay. So because so that's what that two, way we two and a half hours. So you're looking at two hours a week of drive time to get to the gym, to do your strength. Mm-hmm. Then the workout's an hour and a half. So that's three and a half. And then the, no, that's an hour of drive time. Oh yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. Four, yeah 30, mi- times, 30 okay. minutes a day. So hour of drive time, hour and a half of training. Yeah. So two and a half hours and then 150 minutes of walking. So that's 300 minutes. 300 minutes a week. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's 150 minutes of uh, resistance training in your week and then 150 minutes of walking. So that's five hours. Boom. 300 div- divided by 60. Out of how many? Five hours out of? 168. That's all we're asking. And man. we'll even, if you're getting your eight, ou- eight hours of sleep. So subtract 56. 112. 112 available hours and we're asking for five. For five. Five in across the week. The crazy thing is, this is what we want people to get across. Like, you don't need a thousand exercises. You need four. Yeah. You know? That's you, it. You if you take this, the walking plus the training, and tripled it, you're not tripling your results. Your results and your progress. No. Um actually most of the difference is gonna then be made in how your nutrition, you know. But that's it, you know, and and you can even double that, and it's not that crazy, right? You double that, wouldn't the the resistance training, and that's just an extra hour, uh, yeah, hour and a half, and you could even fa- you know the drive time. So, but the reality is, you want to find a doable amount because the whole point now and the key is that you can do this for the next not just month, not just year, not just decade but rest of your life. So when you break it down like that, then it should be, it, then it's again, going to come down to priorities, right? Because you'll be able to car- carve that out. Um, we, I, I guarantee everybody has that time. And we've gone over that too. Like the time we spend on our phones and doing other things that don't really mm-hmm. add much to our day. Like you have the time and it's just, yeah, having the priority to do it. Yeah. And realize too, you want to balance. Yeah, there is some entertainment and you want to get bored, but you also don't want to just do stuff for entertainment to, only. Yeah, to do stuff because there's things that are just effective, right? Like, again, easy thing that we always compare to, like, look at brushing your teeth. 
and flossing. It's like how much like how, how much excitement can you generate? You know, and how the same thing's been around for a while because it works the best. It's most sustainable and doable, mm-hmm. and that's how exercise is. Don't fall for a lot of this stuff where it's just like all this made up stuff, new, flashy. The reality is, yeah, there's we took these four exercises, and then the reality is most of the other good exercises, great to good exercises, are very similar. Mm-hmm. Like we said, yeah, it could be a different, you know, instead of a dumbbell bench press, it's a machine press, or yeah, even a, a barbell bench press. Or, or a seated cable row. Yeah, you're going to notice, oh, they're all kind of the same, just you maybe using different equipment or machines. So then when you get into like a lot of this just wild stuff, you know, people like balancing on a BOSU ball with someone throwing a medicine ball mm-hmm. at them while they're trying to squat, it's like, no, just do a goblet squat. Just, yeah. do a, just do a split squat. It's tried and true. It's safer. It's more stable. You're going to be able to progress better. And yeah, so there's really like a small handful of exercises. Again, then when you break down how our body responds, what we actually need for our health and fitness, yeah, two, uh, two days a week covering all muscle groups with resistance mm-hmm. and what essentially works out to a 20-minute walk a day. That's it. And heck, you could even break down your walk to two walks. Two 10-minute walks. Two, or, well... You could go that way, two 10-minute walks within a day or two one-hour walks within a week. Yeah. We'll be close. Yeah, 120. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be close enough. And there you are. Yeah, so it's really not that You don't much. have to, you know, well, you know, you don't have to, like, track and do, oh, I got to do this certain amount of hit and this and that and um, this zone and that zone and all no just go for a brisk walk and have some resistance in your life that's it <laughs> that's all yep. you know maybe a bike ride every now and then if you like to do it you know but it doesn't have to be anything crazy like you don't have to do all the wild stuff yeah if at the end of the day that's what you truly enjoy then more power to mm-hmm. you but it's not what you have to do yeah and me personally it's just a notch above that minimum effective dose mm-hmm. i strength train three days a week for 45 minutes and i typically when the weather weather's favorable will walk about 45 minutes mm-hmm. a day you know it's like dedicated so yeah the walk is like double and the strength training is like just one and a half times up and i've even yeah i'll go where i strength train four times some but i'll end up at three i've done two for a while as well yeah but yeah so you want to find what's sustainable for you and the reality is don't start don't start at you know the extreme most possible because Six days a week again triple the exercise will not mean triple the results it's nah. super or or they're th- they come three times as fast this yeah. doesn't work that way either yeah. really it slows things down yeah because your recovery is going to be mm-hmm. your recovery a lot of for a lot of people the motivation to even show up mm-hmm. so then there's your consistency even there so that's yeah that's the hard part yeah. about the six days a week which and you, you know, have to get into well now it's taking away time from maybe your time to plan and prepare your meals yeah and put or your sleep yeah. or your recovery like all that stuff is affected when you're training six days a week and maybe like some people will do like two hours a day six days a week like that's a lot of time Mm -hmm. so there you are there's four exercises we like for everyone and why and why and yeah if you came to our gym coastal strength and fitness you're doing all of them maybe throughout the week a good dose of them all of them like hey yesterday we did dumbbell bench and split squats Mm. and we uh, we did a pull down variation but anyways so 
Um, so yeah. work, work those puppies in. And if you've been doing stuff like you've been doing some barbell lifts and you're like, man, like my shoulders are always hurting or my elbows, j- you know, jacked up, it, it might be a good alternative. If you're not a, um, you know, a weightlifting sport type person, just try the dumbbell variations or try a trap bar deadlift. Um, it, it may be the thing that helps you lift without pain or, pro- you know, progress better or feel better about your lift. So, um, yeah, give them a shot. All right. Let us know what you think. Do you have a favorite exercise? Is it one of those? Yeah. What's your, what's your go-to variation for, for all of those? Let us know. Hit us up. If you hate all of them. Yeah. If you, if you want a beef, then let us know. <laughs> let's, let's do it. We'll just jazzercise. We got it. All right. Well, we appreciate you for listening. Yep. We'll see you next time. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at coastalfitnessva.com or garydeagle.com. We'll see you next time.